It's your Thursday daily delivery. I am Michael Rand. Glad to be back for another day. Hope you guys are having a good one out there as well. Hope you guys are excited for today's show because it is a good one. Jordan Addison, Minnesota Vikings wide receiver coming off a very good rookie season over 900 yards, 10 touchdowns. He will be my guest here in just a few minutes to talk about this past season, talk about what he's got going on this offseason, and most importantly, to talk about his thoughts on the Vikings quarterback situation, Kirk Cousins, all of that good stuff. We got into it in a really good way. Um, really enjoyed chatting with him, kind of getting his perspectives, getting to know him a little bit better now that he's got a little bit of downtime. The Super Bowl, of course, coming up on Sunday. So thought I would share that with you now. So enjoy that here in just a little bit. Uh, Twins made a couple things official. We'll get to that towards the end of the show as well. Also need to run through uh, a bunch of your comments about something I wrote earlier this week about the Vikings quarterback situation. Jordan Addison's got an opinion about it. You guys have opinions about it as well. What should they do in the draft? What should they do in free agency? That is a good question. A lot of you had feedback on that, so we'll get to that here in just a little bit as well. First, though, what did I miss? Wolves and Wild made some news on Wednesday night. The Wild were back in action. The Wolves made a trade. Let's start with the Wild because it was weird. I, w- I only watched a little bit of this game. It was on kind of late. I think it was an 8.30 start. So I'm kind of ducking in, ducking out during bedtimes for kids, things like that. I'm kind of checking in on things. And when I'm not able to watch the actual like screen, uh, I'm kind of checking in on social media. Like, what are people saying about a game that I'm I'm not able to watch? And I didn't know this. I didn't know the exact score when I'm checking in on this. And people are just ripping the wild left and right. They're just like, "Oh, what is going on here? All these forwards seem like they're underachieving tonight. No energy. Um, you know, they get." They got beat the two games before the All-Star break by Nashville and Anaheim. More of the same. This team is going nowhere. And so I look it up, and I think at that point it was 1-1 after two periods. So obviously they weren't playing that well at that moment. And anytime I checked in, it was it was it was not a not an aesthetically pleasing game. It was a it was kind of a boring, snoozy kind of game, and it it's disappointing that they played that kind of game coming out of the All-Star break, right? You have what almost yeah, over a week off 10 days off and then you come out and you don't look sharp you don't look crisp you don't give maximum effort or at least maximum output against a really bad team Blackhawks are terrible they got much worse when their excellent rookie uh, Connor Bedard was injured he's still out so the Wild had all sorts of advantages in this game it goes 1-1 into the third period but still it's like not like they're getting blown out right they're they're tied Game is still very much within reach, and they do end up winning two to one. It's an underwhelming, I get it, underwhelming two to one win. Um, people, I think at this point, are a little just like, okay, let's get on with this thing. This team's not going anywhere. Let's figure this out. So that that was the point, the overall point I want to make. I think people, fans, maybe even general manager Bill Guerin, he just wants a little clarity. Like, what do they got here? What are they? What are they moving towards this year? Is this energy that you feel right now this? kind of negative energy this kind of like you know whatever's going on with just the the kind of bad output bad effort in some of these games that you saw before the break uh the bad results you saw before the break is some of this just because players are tired of this team just like we are are they saying you know what we know we're not going anywhere we know we don't have a great chance to get 
anywhere meaningful this year. Um, so we're just not going to put, you know, we're not going to invest everything in this team. I don't know. I think people, I think everyone wants clarity. And I think the clarity that is most likely is that, hey, maybe the better, the best years are ahead of this team. They've got some good prospects right now. They've got some, you know, they've got two guys who are certainly going to be getting votes for rookie of the year in Brock Faber and Marco Rossi. And you could even see Faber winning it, especially if Bedard is out longer, especially if Faber keeps playing as well as he does. Like there's, there's pieces here. You still got Kaprizov. He's having an okay year. He's not having a great year. Boldy has been hit or miss this year. Like there's some disappointments, but you've still got things to build around. But in the present, in the present, they're just kind of stalled. And so you want to know where is this season going? Can you make any meaningful moves, even with all those no move contracts before the all, you know, before not before the all star break, before the trade deadline? Can you do something to shake this up? Can you kind of make something out of this season where going into next year, next year's the last year that they're going to be in that real cap jail, that they're going to be in that, you know, mess of the buyouts where they're still paying 15, 20% of their whole salary cap to the buyouts of, J- of Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter? Can you? kind of make some momentum for next year and especially the year after that or are you just kind of stuck in neutral can you get out of neutral i just feel like they've been in neutral for a long time they've been in a competitive rebuild for about 20 years it feels like and it's time to get out of it can they get out of it the rest of this season that's the question i think that's the the mood people are carrying into these games they're just kind of tired of the status quo they're tired of kind of whatever this team is and when the energy isn't there even when they win, people are upset. The Wolves, meanwhile, have their own angst, but it's they're 35 and 16. They're tied atop the Western Conference. The angst is different there. The angst is, hey, they've blown a bunch of big fourth quarter leads in the second half of the season. They're not quite as sharp as they were when everything was going right at the beginning of the year. And they could use maybe one more rotation player. Well, they might have solved that last one on uh, on Wednesday. Made a trade. Monty Morris coming to the Wolves. Troy Brown, Shake Milton, and a future second-round pick going out in the deal. Feels like it's a pretty good trade, right? Like, Monty Morris... Not having a good season this year. Frustrating. He's only played six games. He's had injury problems. The games he has played for Detroit weren't that great. Not shooting well this year. But if you just look at the body of work, the much larger body of work from the previous five seasons, he's been reasonably durable. He's been a guy who can start. He started 135 games for Denver and Washington over the last two previous seasons to this one. He's a career 39% three-point shooter. Doesn't turn the ball over. So he's a, he's a good kind of backup point guard, secondary ball handler for his career averages, four assists and just 0.8 turnovers per game. Last year, it was 5.3 assists and just one turnover per game for Washington. Started a ton of games for a really good Denver team a couple of years ago. Like this is a guy Tim Connolly is familiar with from his Denver days. This is a guy who seems like he has a skill set that fits what the Wolves need. Like everybody, the dream was like Tyus Jones, right? Like everybody was like, go get Tyus Jones. The Minnesota guy seems like he fits exactly what they want to do here. He's been here before. It would be kind of full circle. He could help them win now and in the playoffs. Well, Monty Morris kind of feels like he is of the same ilk. Doesn't turn the ball over much. A good dependable player, a good shooter, not a ton of size, but not, you know, not going to embarrass himself out there as well. So I like the move. I the, the thing I wish is that in a year like this, when they are, 
in position to make some noise in the playoffs when they have been the West leader for most of the year and are now tied for the West lead after sliding a little bit and seeing some of these other teams rise up a little bit, um, that in a year like this, they could go for it a little bit more. Maybe there'll be more to it. Trade deadline isn't until 2 p.m. today. Chris Hine actually will join tomorrow's show to talk about this move and anything else at the trade deadline league-wide and Wolves-wide and kind of set the stage for the final 30 games of the season. But the problem they have and the problem they're going to have going forward is that this is kind of who they are. Unless they're going to trade a player, unless they're going to trade like one of their big name players, which they're not going to right now, obviously. I don't I wouldn't think. I would not I guess you should never say never, but I would imagine they are not in the market to trade one of the guys that's got them there to this point. That would be kind of very strange for a 35 and 16 team. So at this point, if you like your roster, you are limited in what you can do because of the Rudy Gobert trade. Now, the Rudy Gobert trade has turned out much better this season on the court than it did last year. Understatement of the year, right? Like everyone is saying this worst trade in NBA history last year. Nobody's making that talk this year. Everybody's saying, hey, actually, this worked out okay for the Wolves. This is a, this was a good move, a big swing. He's been excellent this year, trending towards, you know, all, all NBA defense again. He's been an anchor for this team. Could have been an all-star this year, but, but Carl Anthony Towns and, and Anthony Edwards made it for the Wolves. That trade has worked out so much better than it looked like it was last season, but they still had to give up four first-round picks to get him, and because of the NBA rule that says you can't trade first-round picks in consecutive years, they can't trade a first-round pick until like 2031. So if you're trying to get a star from a rebuilding team, you can't do it. You've got no way to do it. And so that's the, that's the hard thing. You wish you could take a bigger swing, go find someone for a first-round pick. You could have probably gotten a Tyus Jones. Not saying that I don't like Monty Morris, but I'm saying you could have maybe gotten the upgrade that a lot of people wanted, maybe a slightly bigger upgrade than, than Monty Morris with Tyus Jones. You could have gone out and got someone even better in this uh, <clears throat> in this kind of landscape, if you'd have had more draft capital to work with, so that's the hard part right now. Like they're they're kind of boxed in with their roster, unless they're willing to shake free someone who's more of a you know rotation player or even a star at some point. We don't know what the future will hold, but right now this is the kind of move they could make, and I like it. The move they made so far is a move I would have made. It seems like it helps their rotation, helps them be nine or ten deep most nights instead of, you know, eight or nine deep. Um, you can see this cutting into Jordan McLaughlin's minutes maybe. He's been playing pretty well in stretches, but you still look at it and you say, do you know what you're going to get from him? So this is this is something where you have to watch where Monty Morris fits in. I like where he potentially fits in. But the, you know, another takeaway, like I said, is that they just couldn't take a bigger swing because of the limitations they do have. Grand Casino would like to take a moment and salute the true football fan. The passion. The hope. The anticipation. That incomparable feeling of winning. Grand Casino would also like to take a moment to remind you that you can find all that anticipation, thrill, and winning at Grand Casino. Grand Casino. Let your story begin. All right, I'm really happy right now to be joined by Vikings wide receiver Jordan Addison. Jordan, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How's the off season so far? It's been nice. I've been relaxing so far, but I'm about to jump back into it. Yeah how how much downtime do you get? I mean, what do you? What's the schedule like? This is a whole different ball game for you because you're coming off your first pro season. Yeah, it's it's all new to me. Just having this time, 
we I, we got a couple months off, so it's all new to me. But you know, I just took a couple weeks off just to chill. But I'm finna get back into the mix. You're here on behalf of Sleep Number. Um, tell me a little bit about that. You got you know what's the importance of sleep to you? Yes, yes. So I'm here on behalf. Of, the importance of sleep to me is really important, and I take it really important because they stress that in it within the whole Vikings organization. So I'm going to get into a little d- bit of details about my setting. So this, the setting that I personally like is 45 because it, it get, it's not a firm bed. It's not too firm and it's not too soft at the same time. So it gives me that great balance to, you know, wake up every morning and chase greatness and do what I got to do. Now, I think a lot of young players, maybe it takes them a while to figure out that sleep is important. You see, like, you know, you hear guys like, guys, not just, you know, men and women professional athletes like staying up gaming stuff like that like how how important like i'm an older guy i'm like more than twice your age you just turned 22 like i've i've discovered the importance of sleep over the years especially with your three young kids but like you did you figure that out already i'm starting to figure it out i'm starting to figure it out i'm not gonna lie because just in college i was you know staying up going to sleep whenever i want to but ever since i came here and just seeing how sleep the sleep number tool is in the Vikings organization, like 80, 80, 80% of our team got one of these, these beds that we use. So, like, it's just a really big thing that they harp on in team meetings. This time last year, you're getting ready for the draft. Now you're, you know, a year into it. What What is this kind of one year, you know, the journey so far? What has it been like for you? It's been, it's taught me a lot of lessons, a lot of lessons by myself, and I just learned a lot. But after this first this first season, my rookie season, I feel like going into this offseason, I know exactly what I what I need to do to be ready for this season and to like stand out. Like I know what I gotta work on, just failing throughout this whole last season. What 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 are like what are some of the specific specifics? I mean, I think people look at your rookie season and they say mm-hmm. 10 touchdowns over nine hundred yards, like 70 catches. A lot to like there, but you were actually pretty critical of yourself. I think it was like late November. You were like, I don't feel like I'm playing my best right now. How, how do you kind of balance out the good with the things you got to work on? Just just knowing that feeling that I felt during the season. Like when I had said that, I was really like, you feel me? I was really frustrated with my with how I was playing because like, I felt like I could have been doing more. And it was a couple of opportunities throughout games where you know, I, like I miss a ball or you you never know how it ended up. So basically, like, just making sure that I make every opportunity and to make the most of it. What did you learn the most throughout the course of the year? I mean, even, like, training camp beyond, like, what what were some of the eye-opening moments for you as a rookie? I'll say what I learned uh, throughout my rookie season is, you know, what's going to happen is going to happen. So every day you got to just get up and go as hard as you can. Like, just waking up every morning, going to practice, I just – sometimes you can't really control the outcome of things. You just got to get up and give it your all. So that's how, that was my learning thing. I just, whatever happened, going to happen, but I'm going to make sure I give it my all on the field every time I'm on here. It was an interesting season just for the team in general. I mean, you, you guys start off one and four, you win five in a row. You've got four different quarterbacks start games for you. I mean, the season doesn't end the way you want it to. Uh, was that kind of a, was it a wild ride where you kind of used to it based on kind of like your college journey or how did, how did the, the kind of unusualness or at least how it looked unusual to us, how did it feel to you? I say, looking back at it now, it was kind of a wild ride, but once, when I was in the moment, it was just like, we got to control, we could control, we still got games to play. Like 
because all this happened early, you know, like fifth, sixth week, but we still got a whole season left. So it's like we got to, man, we got to just work. We got to do what we can do. But looking back on it now, it was pretty, it was a wild ride for sure. The 17 games, did that feel like a lot coming from college? No, nah, I wanted to play some more. <laughs> you were ready to go out there again? Yeah, I was good. Well, that's good. That's good. So you, you feel like, so what do you, what do you do this? I mean, you take some time off. What are you going to do the rest of this off season to kind of make sure you're, you where you need to be. I mean, yeah, they, they make you come in for OTAs, mini camps. I mean, we'll talk about that soon enough, but like, what do you, what do you do in the meantime to make sure that you're not coming into that kind of, you know, from, from ground zero again? You got to stay in shape, stay running. And for me, what they, my biggest thing is I've got to make sure I keep my weight up. So as long as I stay in my, stay in shape and my weight up, I'm good. A lot stay of sharp. A lot of guys try to keep their weight down. You got to keep your weight up. Yeah, what do you I gotta keep it up. I, what are you I trying to get? Up. What do you try to be at? What do you try to be at? Trying to be at. Um, I mean, I'm good where I'm at, but you know, some people want me around with like 178, 180. Well, you at about about me? one. You about 170 now? Is that where you kind of yeah, play I'm, at? I'm about right there. I'm about right there. 170. You and I weigh almost exactly the same. I dare say you're That's in a crazy, little bit huh? better. I dare say you're in a little bit better physical shape than I am, and you should be. You're a professional athlete. I'm a professional journalist, but um, that, that's that's quite a while. I mean, you uh, playing in the league at 170. How did how did it feel? Was it how physical was it? You you play bigger than I guess you are is one compliment I hear, and one compliment that I constantly want to give you whenever I see you play. Yeah, I mean. You just can't be scared. I feel like if you bringing it too, it ain't gonna be as bad. Just don't duck. Just bring it too, man. You bringing it too? Do you like to? Do you like to be physical? Do you like to play bigger? I just got to. I I feel like that's just how I play. Cause I always been the smallest dude. So I feel like that's just how I play now. Do you pattern your game off of anybody, or do you pattern your game off of yourself? Uh, probably a few different people. I just watch a few different people, but really myself. What are you watching? What have you been watching so far in the playoffs? I mean, we're we're down to the Super Bowl now. Obviously, we got you know just a few days from now. What has kind of stood out to you as you've watched some of these teams who made it far further than the Vikings did this year? What stood out to me? Yeah, they find a ways to win. Who do you like in this? Who do you like Sunday? I don't know. Who you like? <laughs> it's a tough. It's a good game, right? It's it, that's the kind of the fun part. Like you got. Patrick Mahomes, who's like, you know, one of the best quarterbacks on the planet, the best quarterback on the planet, you know, no, no, no disrespect to Kirk or anybody else. But I think most people who are making the lists would say this is, you know, this is the top of the list right now. That's Brock Purdy. What's it? That's because they ain't played with Kirk, but go ahead. Okay. No, tell me about, I mean, you, I want to hear you defend Kirk first and then I'm going to, then I'll get into Brock Purdy. Go ahead, like, go, go ahead, go ahead about Brock Purdy. I was going to say Brock Purdy, like the last pick in the draft a couple of years ago, like just kind of shows doesn't matter where you're picked. Like you can be really good too. So it's just, it's an interesting matchup. You got the whole Taylor Swift thing. I'm sure you don't care about that, but a lot of people do. It's just like, everybody's kind of watching this like they normally would, but a whole different segment of the population watching it too. Okay. I got uh, you. This on, your, this on your YouTube. What's that? This on your YouTube. Uh, yeah, this will be, this will be on a podcast and, and it'll be, we'll do some social. Y'all like too. Brock Purdy or Kirk? Y'all let me know. Brock Purdy. <laughs> Y'all let me know. Chirping. Now people people get on Kirk like he's been uh, here for so long that people kind of like take him for granted. I think right like he's he's done what he's done. You know what he can do. In your mind, how good is Kirk? Kirk is great. He's better than good. Kirk is great. So Just watch you, the film. 
Are you just are you gonna be and, hey all right listen just turn on the film and watch without a perspective just watch take all the take all take all that stuff away just watch him he like that we've heard Justin Jefferson say some stuff like that saying you know he kind of la- I think he wants to see Kirk back Kirk's a free agent I mean are you gonna do any of the kind of the Justin Jefferson lobbying you want are you gonna say hey guys let's bring this guy back I'm finna call him when we get off here call Kirk or call <laughs> call management call Quasi. <laughs> I'm calling Kirk. You got a direct line to Quasi? You're going to tell Quasi, hey, we got to get this guy back in here. I mean, it's a, it's a fascinating nah, offseason. I, 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 mean, I ain't got that yet. I ain't, okay. I ain't I got that yet. That's, I ain't got that yet. But everybody's talking about, are they? Are the Vikings maybe going to take a quarterback? Like, not not that they couldn't, not that the Vikings couldn't also re-sign Cousins, but like, you know, Kirk's going to be 36 before the season starts. Still way younger than me, but again, he's a professional athlete. Like, there's just questions out there. I wonder how much do you look at that? How much do you kind of study like what the Vikings might do in the draft. Mm-hmm. Curious too. <laughs> Curious too. I like a couple more things for you, Jordan. Really appreciating your time. Did you said it? Do you have like goals for second year? I mean, I don't know. You did. I know you didn't really want to put like numbers on your rookie year, but do you have any kind of like tangible or like things that you're looking at? Like here's like a, something out there that I want to do in year two. Yeah, I'm actually still. I'm still finalizing that list. So you know, I ain't gonna. I ain't gonna give it out yet. Finalizing the list. What goes into finalizing the list? A lot go into it. You got to make sure it's, you know. Okay. Okay. I like it. You feel like you guys left something out there on the table this year that you got more to show as an offense, that you got more to show as a team. I mean, things were going, starting to go pretty good before Cousins got hurt. You guys beat the 49ers, who obviously are in the Super Bowl. You beat the Packers, who obviously were in the playoffs. Kirk gets hurt in that game. You feel like there's another gear that you guys wish you would have seen and maybe can get to next year? Yeah, we show glimpses of it, but we're just trying to put it all together next year. Everybody stay healthy, and let's just show it every week. But we did show glimpses of it. Some some games, the offense is playing really well. Some games, the defense is playing outstanding. But now we're trying to put it all together. And you got to get sleep to do it, right? I'll give you more, one more chance gotta, to get a sleep member plug. Got to get sleep to do it, man. Sleep, sleep, sleep. All right, Jordan. I really appreciate getting a chance to chat with you a little bit. Best of luck this offseason. Get some sleep, hang out, enjoy the Super Bowl, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk down the road. Yeah, just rest and recover. Thanks again to Jordan Addison. That was really, uh, really enjoyed that conversation. Really was interesting to hear how much he was praising Kirk Cousins. And, you know, that's his quarterback. So I would, you know, it's not terribly surprising, but even defending him, you know, saying, hey, you know, you can talk about Patrick Mahomes all you want. You don't play with Kirk Cousins like I do. Things like that. You know, it again, you don't want to read too much into stuff, but we heard Justin Jefferson, I think, right before the season was over, lobbying essentially for, hey, you know, whatever they decide to do, they're going to do, but uh, it would be great if Kirk was back, essentially. Like he, I think Justin Jefferson wants Kirk Cousins back as the Vikings quarterback. It sure sounds like Jordan Addison likes catching the ball from Kirk Cousins, too. They obviously don't have final personnel say. They obviously would get on board with whatever the Vikings do. And if the Vikings brought in somebody new, if they brought in a rookie this year who got those guys the ball at the same rate that Kirk Cousins did, everything would be fine in the long run. But interesting to me, just interesting to hear Jordan Addison talk about Kirk Cousins much differently than a lot of the rest of the conversation that we have about Kirk Cousins and to hear how much he likes his quarterback right now. Royal Credit Union smart checking accounts offer no monthly fees and no minimum balance. Enjoy financial freedom when you open your Royal Credit Union smart checking account online at rcu.org slash go checking.
insured by NCUA. Speaking of opinions about the Vikings and how they might be different in the quarterback situation this year, I wrote about it earlier this week, basically looking at some of the mock drafts that are out there, looking at some of the senior bowl, um, you know, evaluations that are going on right now, realizing where the Vikings are in their draft order, right? They're 11th. If things had shaken out differently this year, if things had been different, if they had fallen apart completely this year and they had a top three pick, this would be a no-brainer. They'd be taking their quarterback. They'd be picking out of whoever was left uh, from Caleb Williams, Drake May, and uh, Jaden Daniels. If one of those three teams at the top of the draft didn't need a quarterback, I would feel differently about this too. But look at the draft right now. Bears, Commanders, Patriots, one, two, three. It seems likely to me at this point that those three quarterbacks that I just mentioned are going to go one, two, three to those teams. Those teams need quarterbacks. Why would they trade a pick to get out of those spots? Even if the Vikings are curious and maybe want to move up to take someone in that top three to get one of those blue chip guys, I think they're going to find it hard to do just like last year when they kind of dabbled in the, hey, could we move up to get Anthony Richardson market? Didn't work out. They ended up standing pat with what they had. They came back this year with the with the Kirk Cousins uh the, the Kirk Cousins era for a sixth year. He got hurt. They were playing pretty well when it happened, but just kind of kicked the long term decision down the road for a year. And now here we are. So if if one of those three teams at the top of the draft didn't need a quarterback, say Arizona. Um, loves Kyler Murray and doesn't need a quarterback, was one of those top three. Then you could see them jumping into that top three, even if it cost a lot, and taking their guy. So what I was writing about earlier this week was, hey, like it would be great if they get one of those guys. I don't think there's a path to get one of those guys based on where they are in the draft. So what they might end up doing, what might be smartest at this point, is taking one of those next tier guys, but you're not going to maybe have to do that at 11. You can probably get someone like Bo Nix of Oregon or even Michael Penix Jr. of Washington with their second round pick at 42, and then use 11 on something much better or trade down with it, use it to get more picks in the draft, things like that. It's not like I'm completely in love with Knicks or Michael Panix or even J.J. McCarthy, who might go a little earlier than 42, or any of those other next-tier guys. I like Panix. I think he's got a good arm. Knicks is intriguing, but we're not, we're not saying these guys are better prospects than those top three. What we're saying is this might be their realistic path if they want to draft a quarterback. Maybe this is the smart thing to do instead of investing all of your future in trying to move up and the fact that that's probably not likely to begin with. So that was what I wrote about earlier this week. Got some feedback from readers on re- readers and listeners on this idea. Mixed reaction, which is good. Probably means that probably means I struck a nerve. Barry says, really enjoyed your article about the Vikings debacle at quarterback regarding the draft. Totally agree with your assessment on everything Let's gamble that Penix or Nix or McCarthy will be there at 42, and if not, we'll wind up with hopefully a fabulous addition to the team with pick 11 and an excellent excellent addition to the team with 42, and wait until next year to solve the quarterback debacle. Again, great article. No more than an hour later, Allen writes to me, if you're a Vikings fan, pray they do not waste a second-round pick on Mr. Penix unless they are sure he is a brilliant football brain and the greatest motivator since and as courageous as William Wallace. I've studied and trained throwers of balls of various kinds for 55 years, and Mr. Penix will not be a quality thrower of footballs in the NFL unless he changes his form. 
The Vikings should not use a second-round pick, much less a first-round pick, God forbid, on someone who needs to rework their throwing form, both arms and legs. The Vikings need to need someone who can be a starter at too many other positions to waste their first or second round pick on panics. Good, good email. I like it. Good, good analysis. This guy certainly has been looking at throwers. This one was less polite. He, he was, this, this emailer sent a second one much later. That was even less flattering, but <clears throat> this one was more to the point. Yep. Second tier quarterback. That's the Vikings. All right. Your name should be Wilf. I'm not related to the Wilfs. Another emailer, great, draft a quarterback with, quote, injury and durability questions behind the weakest line in football or skip quarterback altogether and draft the seven beefiest, orneriest steroid monsters up front to bolster extant skill players. You'll discover stars from Bart Starr to Tom Brady, even Patrick Mahomes back in his Super Bowl years earlier on, were merely quality players behind a superior offensive line a lot of opinions here on what they should do i don't mind the idea of taking some offensive linemen they've done that i mean it's not like they haven't tried to do that in past years they spent a whole bunch of first and second round picks for five years in a row trying to get this right brian o'neill ed ingram um christian derisaw uh, Garrett Bradbury, uh, Ezra Cleveland, all those guys were first or second round picks. Some of them have worked out, some of them haven't, but the, the line, especially the interior, still isn't where it needs to be. So maybe you could see them doing something there. Maybe you could see them taking a corner or a monster defensive band pass rusher at number 11, waiting to figure out quarterback at 42 or beyond. I don't know. Some of it just depends on what happens in the draft, and some of it really depends on what the Vikings brain trust thinks of the top three guys, like, could they take a massive swing, try to convince one of these teams to give up that pick? And more importantly, probably what they think of this next tier. Do they really like someone like a Bo Nix? Do they really like someone like Michael Penix? Do they think a guy like that could be not just a serviceable starter? That's not what they're after. Could one of those guys develop into their franchise guy, a top five quarterback? Do they feel that way about anybody outside the top three? That more than anything, will guide what happens in the draft in just a couple of months. Let us now finish with the cooler quickly. Twins introduced some new players, including Carlos Santana on Wednesday. Seems like he's going to be a good fit. He thinks he's going to be a good fit. Didn't really make the connection on Jorge Polanco, but he said he uh, talked to Polanco as soon as Polanco got traded. The at-bats were there. Kind of makes sense right there that you know you get a switch hitter who kind of replaces some of those Polanco at-bats. What he has left in the tank at this age, age 38 season, remains to be seen. They would be thrilled if they got 60 to 75% of what Nelson Cruz had left in the tank, right? Like he was the ultimate find, such a great player for them in 2019, 2020, and even the part of 2021 before he got traded. If they got anything like that from Carlos Santana, they will look like geniuses. On the surface right now, it still looks like a good move. Looks like a practical move, much like the one the Wolves made earlier in this year, earlier uh, on Wednesday. And then I will talk with, like I said, to Chris Hine on uh, on Friday's podcast all about that trade. Until then, I am Michael Rand. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday. Back at it again tomorrow.